Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, welcome to your Hollywood Crime Scene mini episode. Hello. Hi. What's up? Well, Desi, since this past week's main episode took place in 1980, I decided that we would revisit just a few crimes, well, news stories really, that happened around that time in 1980. Okay. So our first story is out of, I don't know where this is out of. I should have wrote that down. This is out of Iowa. The headline reads, photocopy prank gets lots of ink. Ooh, a photocopy. That was probably so rare back then. <laughs> they had Xeroxes for a long time. I guess. Right? How, when was the first Xerox made? How the hell would I know? <sighs> yeah, it why seems was 80s for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> this is out of the Quad City Times. I assume that's a local Iowa newspaper. Okay. Quad City DJs. That was a. Like it a, sounds hot. That was like a techno band in the nineties. <laughs> Quad City big thighs. No, Quad City DJs. They had that song. Come on, ride the train and oh. ride it. You know that song? I don't think so. Have you heard it? Okay. There's maybe. like a whole. Choo, I never know choo, titles. Choo choo. Okay. Look, I there like are, a choo choo song. There are people right now singing along with me. <laughs> okay. This is by Rusty Cunningham. Jody Stutz may succeed in getting to the top by starting on her bottom. Ooh. With a letter to a local newspaper, the 21-year-old Rock Island woman publicly announced how she lost her job at Deer & Co. because of a prank her boss did not consider funny. <gasps> she made a photocopy of her naked posterior on a company Xerox machine. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you said posterior. Posterior. I was like, ooh. She photo. She photocopied her bussy. Bussy from the back. <laughs> a bussy is from the back. Oh, but I meant like a when you eat it from behind, kind of back. The the pussy. Well, you always have to. You have to eat a bussy from the back. Oh, well, yeah. I'm not a, an idiot. <laughs> Wait, I like that this prank was like the first time that this ever happened or something. Oh, <laughs> like, oh, it's not because okay. we're going to go into a little history. Ooh. Uh, I'm not going to spoil. Okay, okay. Now she is sitting on the brink of what could become national notoriety. Her phone has hardly stopped ringing since her letter to the editor appeared in the Daily Dispatch of Moline two weeks ago. First came the local sympathizers who told her she got a raw deal. One person told her that she has a fan club at a local Caterpillar Tractor Co. plant. Oh, I bet. <laughs> 
Now, others who want to tell her story are calling. Last week, she drove to Chicago with no reimbursement to be interviewed by nationally syndicated columnist Bob Green of the Chicago Tribune. Quote, it's not my fault everybody wants to do a story about me, Miss Stutz said. I didn't go begging for people to write a story about me. But she doesn't plan to turn down interviews either. Quote, I can't believe it's worthy of national attention, but hey, maybe it is, she said. I don't think I'll put a stop to it. I'll let it die out on its own accord. Eventually, it's got to die out, I would think. Her tale unfolded one night after work a couple of months ago at Deer, where she had been employed in the advertising department for about one and a half years. With a girlfriend stationed as lookout, Miss Stutz walked into a cubicle, shut the door, and flicked a switch on a photocopying machine. <gasps> she quickly stripped from the waist down, sat on the glass of the machine, and made a single <laughs> copy. Do you remember those machines? Of course. There's something so like, I just remember those big fucking Xerox machines. Yeah, the noise it made. Yeah. I, th- I feel like it got hot too, the glass. They did get yeah. very hot. Yeah. I mean, look, I don't, well, this machine is old before my time, yeah. but. I'm uh, sure it was similar. It's, I feel like they were all, I mean. Those corporate ones probably were in the offices for years. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, but rumors began, sur- oh, sorry. Uh, she quickly stripped from the waist down. She took a picture of uh, her butt. Um, she kept the picture in her purse, showing it to about 25 of her fellow workers. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, if- just keeping it and fo- unfolding it. Look at this. Like- <laughs> Do you guys know what that is? <laughs> That's my butt. <laughs> Look, I think this story is hilarious. I do too. I also love that she stripped down to her waist, like instead of just lifting her skirt up <laughs> or just pulling her pants down yeah, like, slightly. I like that she took all her clothes off. Like, that's crazy. I just can't get humiliated over the fact that I sat on a Xerox machine, she said. But rumors began circulating and the company's management tried to track them down. Within about six weeks of the incident, the day after her friend confessed, Miss Stutz said the, she voluntarily walked into her boss's office, surrendering the only copy, and was given the choice of being fired or quitting. Asked to comment, a company spokesperson said, quote, we never discuss personal matters except with the, with the person involved. It's been a longstanding policy. <laughs> quote, I think I understand why they felt upset and they had to do what they had what they did, Miss Stutz said. They were very upset, very upset. The biggest thing with them is their image. I had destroyed their image, according to them. Ugh. Look, this company obviously has no sense of humor. I like that they offered her the chance to quit or be fired. <laughs> like what is the choice there? <laughs> it's so stupid. Look, photocopying your ass is like one of the greatest, oldest jokes. Who told on her that's what i want to know yeah what little fucking narc told on her it sounds like it wasn't even company time when she did this like she did this after work when no one was there i'm wondering what she like it must have been showing people that got her busted right yeah and i hopefully the people she was showing it what there was like they wanted to see it right she didn't just throw it on them (laughs) i mean she did show it unsolicited ass xerox is unacceptable (laughs) (laughs) although okay I did have a memory while I was re- reading this story. <laughs> that's what it, that's what happened to me. Now I've never. Have you ever photocopied your ass? 
I don't think so. Okay. I don't know if this actually happened or if it was something that my best friend and I talked about doing so often. Yeah. I don't know. We might have done this, but I know for a fact we talked about doing this for years, but I can't remember for the life of me if we actually went through with it. Our plan was to Xerox our asses and then mail them to a random address. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I've heard this story before. No, I told you you about the time we mailed a romance novel. Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I like how that was your go-to prank. (laughs) I have a great idea. Mail something to a stranger. We did it on Christmas. And we wrote Peace on Earth. <laughs> oh, my God. I like how you can't remember if you did that or not. <laughs> well, it was something we talked about doing for like five years straight. Like, we were kids. Right. But we were like, this is one Christmas. It's going to happen. We're going to do it. We're going to go through with it. We're going to zero. I like that that's like child porn. <laughs> Some poor guy. Well, I'm pretty sure if we went through with it, we would have been in high school at the time because we had talked about it from like age 10 to right. like 15. But still underage. That's true. Yeah. That's true. The day after she quit, she went back to Deer on an unsuccessful mission to see whether someone would listen to her side of the story. As she was leaving the building, she noticed a number of workers were peeking over their office partitions. I think the whole thing... The whole basic problem with the incident, she said, word spreads very fast at Deer. Soon after she quit, Miss Stutz heard on a radio station about a former Deer worker who had sat on a copy machine, made 200 copies, and sent them out as party invitations. It kind of got on my nerves, she said. She wrote the letter to the editor, quote, to clear the record so everyone knew what really happened. Plus, it was the only way I could tell Deer how I felt. Although she concedes the loss of her job won't quench a fun-loving spirit, the episode has taught her one thing. The lesson I've learned is that if you're going to do something slightly off the wall, do it by yourself. So the lesson is not don't photocopy your ass. (laughs) She seems chill. (laughs) Honestly, I like this girl. Um, I feel bad that she got fired. I think as long as she wiped down the Xerox machine afterwards. No harm. No one saw it except her friend. Yeah. I love that she had a lookout. Yeah. (laughs) And it wasn't during work hours. Yeah. Our next story is a follow-up to the piece I just read. This is out of the Chicago Tribune from Wednesday, March 26th, 1980. This is by Bob Green. It's the, the headline reads, No Butts. Ron Nesson Denies Paper Moon. Ooh. Here is a surprising update on the case of Jody Stutz, the 21-year-old secretary who sat on a Xerox machine, made a photocopy of her bare bottom, and was subsequently fired from her job at Deer & Co. in Moline, Illinois. After her story appeared in this column, Miss Stutz's plight was picked up by news services around the world. She became something of a celebrity. Johnny Carson talked about her during his monologue. The Real People television show did a film piece on her. An average citizens complained to Deer & Co. that it was unfairly punishing her for a moment of silliness. 
Amid all of this, I kept hearing a strange rumor, namely that Ron Nesson, former press secretary to President Gerald R. Ford, had done the same thing, had dropped his pants and made a Xerox copy of his posterior. Oh my goodness. Try as I might, I couldn't get this rumor out of my head. So I started checking, and after a series of calls, came up with a man who said he was an eyewitness to this incident. (gasps) The man has impeccable credentials for integrity. He is a former journalist who is currently serving in a prestigious position in the government of one of our largest states. He was surprised that I knew about the alleged Nesson incident. He agreed to talk to me if I would keep his name out of the record because he didn't want to compromise his job. Quote, it was the summer of 1969, he said. I was a petty officer aboard USS Hornet, and we were assigned to pick up the Apollo 11 astronauts after the moon landing. You may remember the ship. President Nixon joined us on board to greet the astronauts. I was assigned to help the press on board, make coffee, and help out in any way I could. One of the reporters was Ron Nesson, who was then with NBC News. Anyway, one night in the press center, Nesson was messing around with the Xerox machine. He made copies of his hand and his face, and then he said, I've got the ultimate Xerox shot. (gasps) And he pulled his pants down, sat on the machine, and made a copy of his rear end. I asked the man if he was sure he hadn't just heard this from another sailor. I was right in the room, he said. I saw Nesson pull his pants down and sit on the machine. I saw the Xerox shot. Years later, when he was named White House Press Secretary, it occurred to me that the Xerox copy would have been priceless if I had been smart to save it. It struck me that this might be the perfect way to get Jody Stutz her job back. If the man who would become the White House Press Secretary would do such a thing in a moment of fun, surely Deere Co. might reconsider its position concerning Miss Stutz. Ron Nesson is now a public relations executive in Washington who writes books in his spare time. I called him. This is kind of an offbeat question, I said, but you might be able to help a very nice young lady get her job back. Go ahead, Nesson said. (laughs) Well, I said, a few weeks ago, I wrote about this story about a young woman who sat on a Xerox machine and took a shot of her bare bottom. Oh, I saw the story, Nesson (gasps) said. Great story. I clipped it out and showed it around the office. Well, I said, (laughs) the reason I'm calling is that I was told that you once did the same thing. As, and I related the alleged incident on board the USS Hornet. Nesson cleared his throat. No way, he said. It never happened. <gasps> Look, the story about the girl is a cute story and all, but I never did such a Whoa. thing. I have no reason at all to BS you at this late date, but I never did. I asked Nesson if he had been aboard the USS Hornet on the date in question. Yes, I was on the ship, he said, but it didn't happen. Even if I did do it and had forgotten it, this incident with the young woman would have refreshed my memory. I never did such a Xerox. I am sympathetic to the young woman, and I feel the company had no sense of humor, but I didn't do it. (gasps) I called back my source on the Nesson story. I said that Nesson had denied ever making a Xerox of his bottom. I'm sure he does deny it, my source said. I'd deny it too if I were him. But it was Ron Nesson who did it. I was in the room and I saw it with my own eyes. Damn. I called Jody Stutz who started all of this and I told her the Ron Nesson story. Who's Ron Nesson, she said. I explained. Oh, well, if he sat on a Xerox machine, I don't think any less of him. Do you think any more of him, I said. No, but I don't think any less. <laughs> okay. And that's the story. <laughs> 
No one said more like the U.S. horny. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that this former White House press secretary copied his ass? I don't really see it as that big of a deal. And I could picture people on a ship, like what were they in the Navy or something? Like I don't put anything past those guys. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? He was a reporter. He was a reporter on the ship? With a bunch of naval officers. Oh, I see. But that could be him trying to fit in too. Yeah. Like I'm just one of the guys. Like I just don't find it to be unbelievable that that would have happened, but I could see why he might want to deny it in his current position. Yeah. There is something so funny about him being so adamant that he didn't do it. Like, I would believe him more if he's like, honestly, I don't think I did that, but I can see myself doing it maybe. Like, right. like that kind of denial would have worked better on me than an adamant denial that he seemed to go overboard yeah. a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I think he did it. I think he did it too. Uh, okay. Our next story also from 1980. This is a local story from Long Beach. This is from the Los Angeles Times from October 16th, 1980. It says, political t-shirt leads to arrest. Charles Tuma is back in his Long Beach high school, victoriously (gasps) wearing the t-shirt that led to his arrest and a day in jail. The t-shirt reads, Reagan for president. (laughs) And then underneath the t-shirt, in smaller writing, it says, of jackasses. (laughs) I love that that shirt exists. I have a picture. Here's the kid wearing the shirt. Oh, my God. I like how of jackasses isn't even that small. It's not. (laughs) I thought it was going to be more tiny print. It's funny because it's still... Big enough to read from afar. Oh, totally. But it's small enough that it's a funny joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Reagan for president of jackasses. (laughs) (laughs) This guy's so proud holding it, too. uh, Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) He's 16 years old. Woodrow Wilson High School administrators sent Charles home last Thursday with orders not to wear it again on campus. They judged the message to be disruptive. But Charles believed his right to free expression was being violated. He returned to school the next day wearing the offending shirt. When a security officer accosted him, he ran. Administrators said the ensuing chase over a couple of room dividers, a wall, and a school rooftop helped bear out their opinion that the shirt was disruptive. Whoa. That's bullshit. The security guard chased him and accosted him. He didn't have to chase him? No. Plainclothes officers took Charles to the Long Beach Police Department (gasps) where he was fingerprinted, photographed, and booked because of his suspended status on a charge of loitering at the school. So they arrested him for that. He was held alone in a cell for eight hours until his mother, Barbara McGavin, rescued him at about 6 p.m. She said she had been notified that she would get him earlier but was home with her new baby and without transportation. Aww. They made this poor mom drive down to the station for such a bullshit charge. Attorney Art Gottlieb, a Long Beach civil rights activist, interceded on Charles's behalf at Barbara McGavin's request. The lawyer said he told Long Beach Unified School District administrators that he was willing to take the case to court in the belief that their action against the student would not hold up. Wilson High School 
Principal Ed Eveland, who was away from the school last week, said he phoned Charles on Sunday to to invite him back to school on Monday and ask him not to wear the offending shirt. Quote, he said he just couldn't back down at that point, and I told him I respected his strong feelings. At this point, Evelyn said he called the school district headquarters and said to Assistant Superintendent Gennaro Garcia, I don't think we can win this one. Evelyn, in a later interview, said, quote, a student can legally wear any political thing as long as it's not disruptive. Do you sit around and wait for disruption or do you see potential disruption and take action? If we fought this thing anymore, I'm sure we'd only make a martyr out of Charles, which would only make our job tougher. Charles, not surprisingly, is claiming victory. I didn't break any rules, he said. The shirt isn't vulgar or derogatory. I was just expressing, or I was just getting involved in expressing my opinion. Yeah. And I agree. I said he's the president of jackasses, the highest honor as a jackass. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Did his shirt lie? That's what I'm saying. No lies detected with that t-shirt. I like how proud he is of it. And he should be. It's a funny shirt. And did he, I I could picture him ironing those letters on. Right. Because that, do you remember you could buy those letters? Yes. And you could make your own shirt and they were kind of like, they were like flocked. They had that like fuzziness to them. Right. Yeah. I like that. My dad got suspended for wearing disruptive clothing. Oh. They called it disruptive. He had pants where one leg was red and one leg was blue. (gasps) Ooh. And they said it was disruptive. So he got suspended. I got in trouble at work for wearing disruptive clothing. (laughs) (laughs) What was the clothing? Really short jean shorts. (laughs) (laughs) I remember I was outside my manager's office on a step stool putting paint on the shelf. Oh my God, and your pussy came out. My pussy didn't come out, but they were just very short shorts. And then I got called to the office and my other manager was like, you're going to get fired for wearing short shorts. And I started laughing. And she started laughing too. Oh my God. It was really funny. I got in trouble for short shorts at work once. Oh yeah. It, not by my boss, but one of the other employees like told my boss they didn't like my short shorts. Oh. And my boss was like, who cares? Yeah. He was good. a cool boss. Yeah. He was like a very nice boss. Yeah. But I was mad at the coworker for a long, it was like a hundred degrees in LA that day. It's shorts. Come on. Leave me They're alone. supposed to be short. Yeah. <laughs> They're He's called like, that's shorts. That's not appropriate for work. They yeah. weren't that short. I felt like it wasn't a skirt, which would be more risque. Yeah, there's a little fabric strip up there's there. There's a little pussy strip. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the official name for it. Okay, now we have some modern news stories. These happened within the past week. This is a fucking wild story. This is out of People magazine. The headline reads, Mummified body of leader of Love Has One cult found covered in Christmas lights. Seven followers arrested. Ooh, I know Love Has One. Wait, you do? I think so. Maybe I don't. This is a like famous cult? I'm pretty sure I've heard of it. Well, let me tell me more. Maybe I'm thinking of some like... Weird other Christian thing. Some of them do have love. Yeah. There are more than one, right? Cults with love in the name? I feel like, yeah. Okay. The mummified body of the Love Has One cult leader, Leah Amy Carlson, was found last Thursday in a Denver, Colorado home, resulting in the arrest of seven of her alleged followers. Jason Castillo, Ryan Kramer, John Robinson, Karen Raymond, Christopher Royer, Sarah Rudolph, and Ma... 
Obadullah, Franco Gonzalez were arrested in connection to the crime docket records viewed by people from the Sagache combined court show. The seven were arrested by the Saguache County Sheriff's Office, but were transported to Rio Grande County Jail because the Saguache County Jail does not have the space to hold the accused separately, according to Guru Magazine. Guru Magazine. Wait, I need a subscription. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Ken Wilson said the Saguache County Sheriff's Office told the outlet Friday that Carlson's body appeared to have been deceased for several weeks. A law enforcement office... and law enforcement source told the Daily Beast that the body was unable to be identified through fingerprints, but was witness confirmed it was Carlson, who referred who was referred to as Mother God in the cult. The Saguache County Sheriff's Department and the Rio Grande Sheriff's Office did not immediately respond to people's request for comment. The county coroner's office is conducting an autopsy into the exact cause of death. Coroner Tom Perrin tells people that they are unable to get a positive identification from the corpse's fingerprints due to the state of the body, or nor could they find adequate dental records. The office is considering sampling DNA. They are also waiting on... That's my coffee maker. They are also waiting on toxicology reports before the autopsy concludes. Carlson's sister, Chelsea Ann Renier, discussed the death on Facebook on Friday, writing, For those of you who knew my sister, Amy, I wanted to let you know we found out yesterday of her passing. Please pray for us and people involved in this awful situation. We are choosing to remember who she was when she was in our lives on a regular basis and not who she became from this manipulating cult. Ooh. A live stream from Love Has Won members on April 16th stated that Carlson was very, very close to dying and that she's slowly, slowly going out of her vessel. Ooh. So another live stream on April 21st, members claimed Carlson was, quote, in stasis and refusing medical care. Okay. So this was when she was still alive. Yeah. There were two children present at the home where Carlson's body was found, thus resulting in charges of abuse of a corpse and two counts of child abuse. An arrest affidavit obtained by People shows Kramer, Robertson, Castillo, and Gonzalez are all being held on a $50,000 bond, each of two counts of child abuse and one count of tampering with deceased human remains. Royer and Rudolph are being held for two counts of child abuse and abuse of a corpse on a $2,000 bond. Blah, 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 blah. The children are taken into protective custody. The county sheriff's department located Carlson's body inside a mobile home that is reportedly the Love Has One headquarters, Sergeant Royce Brubacher told the Daily Beast. In the arrest affidavit obtained by People, police say they were tipped off by Michael Lamboy, who they believe is a member of the cult, of which the department says they've, quote, received many complaints from families within the United States saying that the group is brainwashing people and stealing their money. Whoa. The Saguache County Sheriff's Office wrote in the affidavit that Lamboy told them Castillo, Robertson, Raymond, Raymond, and Kramer asked that asked to stay at his place on April 27th. Lamboy ran several errands, and when he returned, he found Carlson dead. Lamboy told officials Carlson's eyes appeared to be missing. <gasps> she looked mummified, and her teeth were exposed through the lips. Sheriffs found the Love Has One leader dead in a sleeping bag, according to the affidavit. The office also wrote that the corpse had glitter-tight makeup, 
on around the eyes, and the mummified remains were decorated with Christmas tree lights <gasps> in what they described as a shrine. The seven arrested are expected to appear in court on Wednesday. Per the combined court docket records, it is not clear if they have entered pleas or if they have retained legal representation at this time. The Colorado Bureau of Investigation is providing assistance to the Saguache County Sheriff's Office in the ongoing investigation. I I like that they put Christmas lights on her. That is so low, low rent, though. <laughs> Did they, like, like, wrap it up? Like I feel like, like it like, sounds like to me she died... Because they weren't, she wasn't getting medical treatment. Right? That's what it sounds like. Uh, and then they just kept her body. So I don't feel like she was killed. I don't know. Like obviously, just the information you read to me, it especially sounds like if, that's what happened. Yeah, especially if she was their leader and right. But so, then they tried to maybe enshrine her in some way or mummify her, right? To maybe keep her, right? I mean, probably to keep her, and probably there was some ritual they probably agreed upon for death. Yeah, it's weird. Brendan? She was drinking colloidal silver to treat her illness. Oh. I don't know if you heard that, but Brendan just came in the room because he told us he's been following this story on Reddit for how long? For weeks? No, like six months. The cult. Six, Brendan's been following this cult on Reddit for six months. Um, not in the cult. He's not in the cult. Yeah. He's been reading stories he about the cult. <laughs> For six months from family members who are concerned about their loved ones who have been brainwashed and are in this cult. Well, that's definitely not going to cure anything. Colloidal silver? No. It'll make you turn blue. Have oh, you, that's Sid, a- you should see the photos of her just before she died. Her Ooh. face was perfect. Oh, we should try to post a pic maybe in a story. Yeah. We'll find something. We'll find a picture of her face, which is allegedly purple, before um, she died. That's crazy. Also, Here, you want to speak in the mic? I'll just, no, I'll speak in the distance. No, no, no. It's better for the listeners if you speak in the mic. I'm not fully uh, caught up on the terminology and the teachings of Love Has Won, but she, uh, I think part of the reason for the mummification was because she was supposed to ascend when she passed, and the ascendance wasn't just supposed to be spiritually, but actually physically as well. Oh, and um, there's a bunch of doomsday sort of prophecies attached to that. And there is there seems to be a story floating around that part of the reason she was also mummified was actually because the cult members were hiding her death from members in the cult. Um, and because some of their prophecies weren't pro- proving true by her passing. So they didn't want them to know what had happened with her, really. But there were also classes of some type that they were offering to people online. Um, and her passing uh, would delegitimize some of their teachings and the classes, et cetera, like that. Wow. So there is some criminal element beyond, oh, just, definitely, yeah. beyond just zealotry involved in it. There's... Uh, fraud shenanigans involved as well. That's very similar to Heaven's Gate. When his partner died of cancer, it was against what they had been saying would happen, so they had to kind of recreate some of the rules for why she died. Right, right. And it's actually often very times um, in cults when 
the leader passes, it can get to be a very dangerous time for the cult members because the other sort of charismatic personalities that are the lead lieutenants of such an organization uh, try to assert control. Yeah. And yeah. and it can be a very dangerous time for followers of the teachings. It can get really bad. And that sort of seems to be, that's a big fear right now um, for the family members of people who are in Love Has Won. Wow. Wow. That was, thank you, honey. That was a, quite a treat to hear from someone who actually knows a lot more about this than we do. Yeah. Well, we will... Oh, he has one more comment. Aw. He gave me a kiss. <laughs> we, uh, we will keep you posted. Yeah. Uh, if we hear any new information about this cult and what happens. Yeah. And that's our news stories. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm the queen of starting a free trial offer and forgetting to cancel it, oftentimes being charged for months for something I'm not even using. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes, but let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want, I can cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. It's definitely saved me money and now I can use that money to waste on things I do want. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. That's rocketmoney.com slash Hollywood Crime Scene. Rakuten's Big Give Week is back with 15% cash back. It's a festival of savings with big cash back at hundreds of stores. Don't miss headliners like Canon, Fenty Beauty, and Dyson. I can't wait to shop for all of my summer fashion and beauty needs, and we'll definitely be checking out Ulta and Adidas. Rakuten really is the best way to shop. You can really save by stacking cash back on top of other deals. And during Big Give Week, the cash back is bigger than ever. It's the time to shop for everything you need for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Membership is free, and it's all happening May 6th to May 13th. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost on top of Big Give Week cashback rates, go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app today. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Rakuten is the shopping platform to save while shopping. We have a couple listener emails I just want to get to. One is actually an image from a book that one of our listeners was reading. This is from Lily. She was reading a book called Last Supper's 
famous final meals from death row. And she sent us this because a guy named James Holmes, his last meal was included Vianetta. <laughs> so obviously she's now this took place in 1994. Of course. The height of Vianetta. <laughs> the height of Vianetta. His last, his complete last meal was hickory smoked beef sausage, cracker barrel cheese, a Wendy's double cheeseburger with pickles, onions, lettuce, and mayonnaise, French fries and ketchup. It actually says cat's up, but I'm going to pretend that it doesn't say that. An onion, a kosher pickle, and Briar's Vianetta ice cream cake combination. Oh, and a Coke. A Hall of Fame last meal item. <laughs> I agree. I don't think I've ever heard something so like specific. Yeah. And something that I like. Right. That wasn't like fried chicken or something basic. Like, Well, well there's a... the, the she. She gave us the whole page. So there's someone else's, this guy named Hoyt Klein's, his last meal. This is like my ultimate last meal. Two pounds of deep fried shrimp, French Ooh. fries with ketchup, banana pudding, and Dr. Pepper. That's a really good last meal. These I, are both great ones. I could eat that right now. That sounds so fucking good. That is my ultimate meal. A Dr. Pepper, like a really nice cold one. <laughs> Two pounds of deep fried shrimp. I wouldn't even know. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> I, mean, I, would, I think I could handle it. I would try. I feel like a pound is a lot. And right? you know what? I would make those fucking guards and that prison staff fucking work for it. Yeah. I'd be absolutely. like, you get me my fucking shrimp, you motherfuckers. Yeah. Two pounds. I would want them to come out fresh. Oh, like, yeah. If after I eat some, have another half pound. <laughs> <laughs> totally. We got another listener email from Cyan, and they said, Hey, I've recently discovered your podcast, and I've absolutely been loving listening to it. It's so interesting and entertaining, and you both do an amazing job. Why, thank you. I was recently listening to a few episodes back, and recently a listener living in the UK wrote in with a supernatural experience she had. I, too, have had a pretty unnerving experience in the past, so I thought I'd write in and share in case you might find it interesting. Oh, I did. I'm from Berkshire in the UK, and when I was a teenager, I lived not far from the Canadian Red Cross Memorial Hospital in Taplow, Buckinghamshire. The Ooh. hospital was built during World War I as a military hospital to care for the huge number of war casualties. It then turned into a public hospital after the wars and then in 1985 was abandoned and left derelict in the woods for just over two decades. There's plenty of pictures online so you can see for yourself how creepy this place was. Now you can only imagine how much of an attraction this was for teenagers from all over the local area. This place was in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by woodland, so it was easy to get into undetected. It became a regular occurrence for myself and a group of friends to go down to the hospital, entering through a gap in the fence to explore all the woods. Hospital equipment, furniture, files had all been left behind. I remember the children's ward and the happy cartoon figures painted on the decaying walls feeling particularly sinister. One night, a group of us had gone down to the hospital. We'd managed to get split up, and in the end, myself and a friend decided to leave, having no reception to contact anyone else. 
I'm aware of how much this sounds like the start of a horror film. (laughs) We left the hospital and were walking back down the long country lane. There were no street lights, but it was pretty bright night and a route we were used to taking in the dark. We were walking and talking when suddenly something caught my attention from the corner of my eye. I looked up and something was swooping down from the (gasps) treetops up ahead. My first instinct was it must be a bird, but upon looking properly, this thing was human-sized, at least six feet tall, hooded and solid black. Of course we didn't stick around. We both screamed and ran as fast as we could in the opposite direction. Now, I know it sounds like we had just been watching too much Harry Potter, but we were both certain without a doubt we'd seen the exact same thing and could not think of any plausible explanation for what it could have been. What's more, over the years, I've heard at least three other accounts of people who have also seen these things in the area around the hospital. One person even said they saw three of them together. There were rumors of devil worship and sacrifices taking place there. (gasps) Never seen anything ourselves on any of our visits. I never believed this myself, but who knows? In an area where so much death and pain took place over the years, I guess it's not inconceivable there is a dark energy or even dark beings attached to the place. Not long after this happened, the hospital was knocked down in 2006 and replaced with housing. I know, screw living there. Although I would love to hear the stories of the people who do. I'm sure some of them have a tale to tell. So that yeah. was that was the experience. Wow. That's scary. Very scary. Thank you so much, Cyan, for writing yeah. in. Do you have any movie, podcast, book recommendations? I got one podcast recommendation. Okay, go. I'd like to recommend a pretty recent episode of Everyone's Business But Mine. Our friend Kara recently did an episode about the Duggars. The Dugars. Dugars? Yeah. I thought they were the Duggars. I thought it was Dugar. Okay, well, Dugar. Whatever way you say it Dugar, Duggar. <laughs> They're a fucked up family. Yeah, they I thought ha- that episode was great. It was a great episode. If you're not familiar, this family had a show on TLC called 19 and Kids and Counting. They were a fundamentalist Christian family who had literally 19 children. And their show was pretty popular. It was on for several seasons, but then it got taken off the air in 2015 when it was revealed that Josh Dugar had molested two of his sisters. Yeah. She gives a great, really bullet-pointed rundown. If you don't know anything about the case, you'll have a pretty good understanding after listening to that episode. Yes. It was over an hour. I like walked while I was listening Me to too. it. And I was just like, that was a fast walk. Because uh, I had, I actually even knew a lot of it, but it was good to kind of refresh uh, my memory of exactly what had went down. Because I had forgotten some stuff. Same. I had forgotten it too. I forgot that they the, the guy was like running for office. Oh, right. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The, the dad. dad the, the patriarch of the family. Um, I'm just trying to find the exact uh, episode name. Um, I can't seem to find it right now, but it, it was like the last few episodes. Um, you should be able to find it. Okay, I found it. It is episode 206 called Another Duggar Scandal. Go listen to it. Okay. If you want to hear um, about the scandal, because they, he was Josh Dugar Duggar. He was recently in the news this past week or two weeks ago. 
for some bad stuff. Yeah. So she I'm going to follow this case. And I've always wanted to do um, episodes on these this family. So maybe I'll finally get to it this year. A two-parter for sure. Because there's so much going on here. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. I do have some podcast recommendations. A few weeks ago when I did the Bling Ring episode, someone mentioned this podcast. So I started following them. It's like a very early 2000-centric podcast. It's called La Do You Remember This? Oh, yeah. And then I got a notification that Kara is on it this week discussing The Girls Next Door, which is, I think we mentioned that recently in something uh, about the Playboy Playmates. What was it? Like Holly Madison and Kendra Wilkinson, that group of girls. Yeah, so Kara's on this week's episode. If you like that kind of 90s, uh, content. It's 2000s. I'm sorry, 2000s. Sorry, I said, I said, no, that, no, no, no. I said I, that really bitchy. I'm sorry. It's okay. For some reason, I can never say 2000s. I think of it as the 90s. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, because it's 2000s just sounds weird. Like when you're talking about the early 2000s. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's the, it's the 2000s. Um, so yeah, check that out. There's also one of our faves has a new new podcast, uh, Keith Morrison, Killer Role, it's called. It's a serial, so it's like, I think it's like eight episodes. I listened to it. Did you listen to the it? The whole thing, yeah. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so, it's good. So um, it's a sort of focus in on one uh, crazy case. I'll listen to Keith Morrison read anything. He's just a comforting voice to listen to. Yeah. So uh, I agree with you. Yeah, it's uh, definitely worth checking out. Um, I also have a TV recommendation or a streaming recommendation, and I have already annoyed Rachel about this. It's called Dark Side of the Ring. It is a show on Hulu that was in production with Vice. It's about professional wrestling. If you think you don't like professional wrestling, and I totally get it, these are very often crime and crazy stories that I feel like you will like. They have episodes on Chris Benoit, which is a famous murder story if you're into that it's just a lot of stuff and it's just a wild world so I feel like uh, it's a documentary series that you might really enjoy so check that out and then Brendan recommended one to me too that I'm going to check out this week Yeah, that's all I think it was HBO Max I'll talk about it next week when I watch some of them just to make sure (laughs) it's up to my standard (laughs) we uh, we don't even remember the name of it it's called like Hustlers and Scammers Uh, what's it called? hold on a second I can find it I started looking up that cult woman, so my uh, search is not where I had left it. It what the hell was I looking up? Yelp, Jesus <laughs> Christ, what is wrong with me? It's called Generation Hustle. So this is about this is a documentary series that is about con artists. It has like an Anna Delvey episode, um, the Hollywood con queen. So if you're into that stuff, uh, check it out, and we can talk about it next week. So I think that's my recommendations. That's it. Did you watch any movies or TV shows? Just that wrestling one. Right. And then oh, I, yeah. I, 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 I rewatched. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I bet like, like fictional. Fictional? Um, no, I, I started watching Joker because I was... Wait, Joker? Yeah. Again? Joker. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing to write home about. I also started watching JFK, both to fall asleep to. Yeah. So I didn't watch very much of them. Uh, no, I didn't watch any... Oh, did we watch something? No. Sorry. I watched, I watched two movies this week. I watched, I, I did like some rewatches this week. Yeah. I, I watched uh, The Last Emperor 
which is on uh, HBO Max. Oh. And I rewatched Amadeus. Oh, right. Which I hadn't seen since high school. It's a great movie. I forgot it's like fucking 10 hours long. It's a long one. But it's really good. I like uh, Salieri. <laughs> he won the Oscar. He's so good. He won the Oscar over Tom Hulse. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a juicier role. I mean, but I love uh, Tom Hulse. And I He's love great. them both. They're both amazing in that movie. Yeah, for sure. It's a very he was really young, Tom Hulse, in that. He was. I bet you that's why he didn't win. Because they're probably like, oh, he's going to get nominated a bunch more. And then he did. And then he kind of really I, didn't. No. He did The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And then, I, I mean, I don't know. You mean he did The Voice? Wait. He <laughs> the, played The Hunchback. And the Disney movie. Yes. He was he's Quasimodo. The he's <laughs> <Okay>. the voice. <laughs> I like the way you said it, though, was like he was in a live action. <laughs> no. You know, I just don't think many people know he was the voice of The Hunchback. But The Hunchback is one of my favorite Disney movies. What? I love that movie. Okay. That's so funny. I know people love that movie. Do you know that that is one of the one like animated Disney movies that I from my childhood that I've never seen? Really, I've never seen it. But you know Tom Hulse, but I know I know he was in it because I remember I had a friend who was obsessed with Hunchback. I think I liked it because it was such a weird choice for a Disney (laughs) animated. Yeah, it's such a dark story, and like that's the one with like. The villain is like a religious leader. <laughs> it's just like so crazy for a children's movie to me. Like it's wild. It's dark. You know what else was dark? It's not Disney. I think it's Don Bluth. Did Don Bluth oh, do American he Tale? He does all the dark, dark ones. I know, but did he do American Tale? I'm pretty sure. I know it's not Disney. Is that Fievel? <laughs> Fievel goes west. But, but Fievel's first, an American Tale too. Well, yes, but for Fievel Goes West was the sequel but American Tale, that's literally about the pogroms. Oh, yeah. I watched all of those That's movies. dark. Yeah. Just like The Secret of Nim. <laughs> I love The it's Secret so of good. Nim. I when I saw that movie as a kid, I was like, this is the best Me too. movie I ever have seen. Like, it's so good. I saw that movie when I was a kid, and I was like, this is really deep. Yeah. And I needed to rewatch that. I do, too. I have zero memory of what I, it's about. I don't either, but I remember it being... I definitely have used like a gif as an adult from that movie. Yeah. No, I loved it. It rocked my world. But <laughs> it totally it, I'm not even exaggerating. No, it rocked my world too when I saw it. I I was like my mind was fucking blown. I remember thinking this is the best movie I've ever seen. Same. Yeah, same. It's so good. And I don't even remember. Do you know what I did rewatch though, which is a Disney movie that I hadn't seen since I was a kid, which is kind of dark, was The Great Mouse Detective. Oh, do you I don't remember? Know if I saw that one. Came out in the eighties. It's on Disney Plus. Okay. If you haven't seen The Great Mouse Detective and you want a good underrated, because <laughs> Disney in the eighties pre Little Mermaid, they had gone downhill a lot. Like in, oh, the, yeah. in the public opinion, the the quality, like the movies generally from the eighties, like in terms of their animated films, like. They were not what they are now. They 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 weren't what they are. They weren't what they are during what people consider like the the, the golden age revival era, which was Little Mermaid through Mulan. Yeah. Uh, in terms of like Disney's back, baby. Yeah. So but, one of my favorites was The Fox and the Hound. Oh my god. <laughs> That's like a crier movie. It's so sad. Yeah. Um. Great Mouse Detective. Okay. It, I think it's good. Yeah. I think it's a good one. 
If you've seen Great Mouse Detective and you also stand right into the show <laughs> or at Reply Me. Look, real heads know. They remember that movie. It was good. So that's all my recommendations. What did you eat this week? Um, I don't think I finished that box of Acuity. I'm such a I'm I I was like, how did I think this was gonna last me weeks? <laughs> I had like a few pieces a day and wow. it goes fast. Yeah. Uh, and then like, I'll do things like, well, that one doesn't count cause it's just plain chocolate. <laughs> it's too good. So now I'm like, I can't do that again. Yeah. It's imp- how long is a box of chocolate supposed to last? You um, can't keep it for a month. My C's lasted less than a week. Yeah. I mean, I, it definitely lasted me over a week. That's so pretty I feel good. Like that's Desi. an accomplishment. That is pretty good. Uh, so, and they're small. I yeah. mean, <laughs> come on, live a little. Uh, so I'm not going to, I thought I was like, I'll just buy like one every month and a half or something. Cause that's how long it's going to last me C- completely throwing out everything I know about myself and, and my complete history and everything <laughs> about my history of eating that I know. For some reason I thought I'll just have one piece a day. No, nope. That keeps the doctor away. <laughs> like what was I thinking? There's no way I can have that oh. in my presence and not have more than one piece. So that was exciting. I saved my favorite piece for last. So I did have some self-control. <laughs> um, I did make a really healthy soup yesterday. So that was good. It looked me. good. It's really good. Desi made this soup that had like lentils and sausage yeah. and kale. Yeah. And if you need to make it vegetarian, you can leave the sausage out. Yeah. It's not that much. Add some more kale. Uh, yeah, it was really good. I like a hearty soup. I love a Even hearty soup. Even in the soup. summer, I'll eat a hot soup. I don't care. Yeah. I don't know why I like it. Uh, so I like cooking a big pot of something and eating it for a few days. Same. So that's what I did. I don't have anything else exciting. I have you, some more. you didn't eat anything exciting like an hour ago? Oh, yeah. yeah. We had some really good roast vegetables and roast chicken. That I made? Yeah. I took Very a picture good. of it. Oh, good. Oh, and we went to, I finally got to go to the cookbook store today with you. Oh, yeah. And I had a really good sandwich, actually. It was salami, manchego cheese, and like this really good, like, gardenier relish. Yeah. And it was on a seated, like, baguette. Yeah. That was good. And some mustard. I liked it. Yeah. It looked the, really good. The baguette was good. They Their bread is great. Yeah. I liked all the seeds. Like, sometimes I don't like too much seeds on my baguette. You, you can follow Cookbook on Instagram. It, yeah, I follow it. I and I'm going to spend some money there because there's one in my neighborhood too. <laughs> <laughs> We're so fucked. I am because that's the type of store I go in and buy four things. And I'm like, how did I spend $75? Like, because everything is so expensive. Th- these are the things I spend money on. This is what I like. It's, that's all I, that's it's, all, that's where my major expenses it's is. It's not clothes. It's, no. it's food. It's like gourmet food products. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay. Yeah. $14 honey. (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. Oh my God. I'm really craving, um, I really wish I had some kind of like fudgy chocolate cake right now. Like I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Really in the mood for that. I would love a fried donut with Nutella in it. (laughs) (laughs) Like a hot, like a Zeppeli. Did you ever have Zeppoli? Yeah, that's the Italian. Yeah, like one of those hot Zeppolis with a little Nutella in it. Mm. That would be so good. You just want the squirt to come out. <laughs> Take a bite of that. With powdered sugar all over my nose. Yeah, that sounds yeah. good. I like to eat a Zeppoli 
<laughs> they come in a bag. In New York, you buy a bag of Zeppeli. They put powdered sugar in the bag. It's fucking hot in that bag. The, the powdered sugar gets kind of like wet. Do you know what I'm saying? And it kind of tastes so good. <laughs> fucking Zeppeli. How do I do When I go to New York, I swear to God. I'm I'm gonna eat. I <laughs> I'm I walk like twenty five thousand steps a day. Yeah. to all the different food places because <laughs> I I miss those Zeppeli. You can't get them here. I honestly like was I'm so like ready for us to go back to New York and eat. Me too. <sighs> I would like to stay longer. Yeah, we were only there for like a few days. I mean, we did a lot. We did do a lot, and we, we ate. We ate everywhere we wanted to eat. Yeah, but still. I want more. I mean, we, I want more. <laughs> I love that, like, we were there for work, but also for food. That's all we did. We yeah. were like, how can we squeeze more meals in? Yeah. Like, sometimes I would be on a walk and I would get something at a food stand and I'd be like, what are you doing? You're going to eat in an hour. And I was like, well, I'm going to walk 15,000 steps. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. I'll get hungry. When, when I'm on vacation or if I'm in like a new city or something, I need to eat the whole time constantly. I do too, but sometimes I. I want to feel hungry yeah. at the same time. But the great thing about New York is you can eat at 11 p.m. <laughs> so if I eat something too late in the day, we can wait and have dinner at 10 p.m. You know what I mean? I you got to love that. I know. It's and such I'm a talking great like thing. a nice restaurant, not yeah. just like some diner. Like you can get a good restaurant meal at midnight. You can't do that here. No. You just no. can't. Everything closes at like fucking nine. It's bullshit. If something's open to 10, that's like a godsend. Some of us stay up late. When I moved to when I left New York, I for like a week I would go out at like ten, and I was like, "Wait, everything's fucking closed." I had to completely readjust my eating schedule because <laughs> I was like so used to eating late in New York. Like yeah. I lived by a twenty four hour diner, like whatever. So yeah, it was a real fucking wake up call. This is why I would thrive in a place like Spain because they eat fucking late there, don't they? I like it. I like a late night meal. Me too. That's like my thing. Me too. So um, I like. It. I'm a late dinner eater. I always have been, and I'll I'll I like to um fr- I like I don't like to front load my food. No, I like to back. <laughs> I don't eat a big breakfast. I was thinking. Okay, so I was <laughs> I was uh, yesterday. I was like, <laughs> I was thinking about yesterday how I get so hungry at night, and I started singing. Uh, to the tune of uh, Bobby Womack, I started going, if you think you're hungry now, wait until tonight. <laughs> but that's true, right? I have to eat late meals. I cannot, like when people are like, don't eat after seven. No, I'm like, that's no. never going to happen, bitch. You better come up with a new diet plan. <laughs> Yeah. Also, I don't really think it matters when you take your calories necessarily. Like, right. it just doesn't seem, it doesn't make sense to me. I've always been this way my whole yeah. life. I'm not that hungry in the morning. I might try to eat a little something, but I just am not that hungry. Like, when I had that sandwich, that was my first thing I ate that day, today. Like, right. I just don't get hungry until later. I but have, yeah. I have learned to force myself to eat breakfast. I know. I'm supposed to. I, I do just it. have never I am, been. I am good about it. It's it's more that it, the thing with me is like I just love food so much. So no matter how much like I eat, I just always like because I stay up late. So I always I'm like let's let's keep this going. Yeah, let's keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> let's keep it going. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. <laughs> 
I'm sorry. Okay, so that was the other thing. While I was watching Amadeus, I had forgotten how much food is in that movie. Ooh, yeah. So I got like hungry while I was watching it because they're eating like those like nipple and tarts. Those, and they also have the Bavarian pastry, like all the, um, it's like Viennese time. Yeah. <laughs> and you go to a bar mitzvah it's Viennese and they bring time. out all the little pastries. <laughs> Did they have that? Or is that a New York thing? Look, we yes, it's a it's a Jewish thing everywhere. It's okay, a, all across the world, there is food. Well, this is specifically called Viennese. Time. Wait, they call it Viennese yes. time. When I would go to bar mitzvahs on Long Island, there was something called Viennese Hour or Viennese Time. What? And they would bring out trays and trays of little pastries, bite-sized tarts, and I've stuff like that. I've never heard of that. Yes, and that was my favorite time. <laughs> I used to live for that moment when it would come out on the silver trays, like the tiered trays. And it was like, oh my God, it's Viennese time. Like my dream is to have a bunch of bite-sized desserts Mm. so you can taste all of them. (laughs) Oh my God. It was so good. I think that's where I first had a petty four. (laughs) Dude, petty fours are legit one of my favorite desserts. (laughs) They can be so good. Like when they're homemade. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I got to figure out dessert right now. It's uh, 1117... Do you know where your dessert is? <laughs> we don't. I, I don't think anything's open right now for no, me to order dessert. It's fine. I might have to make like a sad mug cake. Ooh. You have the stuff for a mug cake? I do. Okay. I have the stuff. I have eggs. Okay, I guys, bye. No, <laughs> I was like so craving dessert the other night that I was, I almost made midnight pancakes. Wow. Yeah. When you get a craving for sweet, it's got to happen. It's got to happen. I always have chocolate chips on hand. Yeah, I ate all those. those. I ate all my chocolate chips. <laughs> I don't know when in my life that became a staple, but Dude, it did. <laughs> I know. Well, the, it's like it, it always happens because like I use them for baking and then I have them left over. So then I'm like get in the mode of like eating chocolate chips all the time. They're kind of a good thing to eat because it's dark chocolate. <laughs> dark chocolate has iron in it. Yeah. It's not right? that bad. It's good for you. I remember someone I knew was on the South Beach diet, and that was like what they would eat. She would always have chocolate chips in a bowl for her like sweet, because you can have like sweet on it, I guess. That's yeah. like my memory of South Beach. I was like, oh, that seems good. <laughs> when I saw the chocolate chips, I mean, she was probably pounding too many chocolate chips. I have no idea. Yeah. But I was like, is that legit? Like, <laughs> right. it looks good. But dark chocolate it is. It has antioxidants in yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine. You have a little bit. It gets your sweet tooth. It's good for the soul. Absolutely. Dessert is like the best. I love it. (sighs) So good. Okay. We got to stop. Bye. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum.